A man makes a horrifying discovery in the middle of the road. Another man dies in a horrible way. And then we take a look at an... It's kind of hard to describe. First off, we're going to look at a conspiracy theory that wind turbines may make people kill other people with a hammer. And then... We take a look at the broader conspiracy that there is a war on for your mind right now. The Battlefield, the Movie Theater, today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. You know, I was looking at my notes for this particular week of shows... Man, all the episodes, okay, all the notes are super depressing. All the story ideas are super depressing. Now, I'm not going to do a bunch of depressing stories this week. I got to go find some more lighthearted ones. So I will. I'll find those. (laughs) They will show up. In the meantime, let's talk about some horrible human tragedies. This first one was recommended or sent to me by James Milne. I feel really bad because James, he recommended a story in the past, and I asked, how do you pronounce your name? And he told me, and then I promptly forgot. It's James Milne, or James Milne. I apologize, James, but I really appreciate the story idea. So, I keep saying story idea, like I'm writing short fiction. This happened in real life. And what happened was September 30th, 2019, so not too long ago, this dude, walking down the street in Anchorage, Alaska, doesn't have a care in the world. I don't know. He actually probably could have owned a Fortune 500 company, could have been super stressed. Doesn't matter. He's not the subject of the story. But this dude's walking down the street. He finds an SD card. Now, I've done that before. Well, I'm sure everyone's found stuff in the road. But when I come across, like, SD cards or cell phones, I always try to look at them. I always try to see what's in them. Now, this one actually was labeled. It was not labeled Scarlett Johansson, parentheses, topless, must watch, underline, underline, gone wrong. It's not labeled that. This one is 100 times worse than that. SD card that's labeled Homicide at Midtown Marion. So the dude puts the SD card in. Into his port, he's a cyborg, he's like, eliminate worries, no worries, insert card. He takes it home, presumably, puts it into his computer, not into his own mainframe, and it is actually what it says. There's 39 photos and 12 videos of a man brutally beating and killing a woman. So he calls the cops. Now, you may think, hmm, this could just be someone's snuff collection that they found. But it probably would still be a good idea to call the cops. So he does call the cops, though. And the cops watch the video. They come over, and they're like, hey, how's it going? Cyborg's like, boot up. (laughs) Walking slowly towards the door. Initiate officer shake hand protocol. They're like, dude, just give us the SD card. And you're saying, Jason, just just continue the story. Fine. Card eject. So anyways, the cops begin watching the video. And they recognize the guy in the video. His name is Brian Stephen Smith. And what's interesting, he was currently being investigated. The cops were currently watching him for something else. They haven't revealed what else he was under investigation for. But he was under investigation. That's why the cops recognized him. Now, he was arrested for having, he was arrested for being in this video footage of him killing this woman. On October 2nd, the body of that woman, that murdered woman, was found, and he admitted to killing another woman, and as far as I know, her body has not been found yet. So, Brian Stephen Smith is currently being held for the murders of two women. 
creepy. Now, that's just a standard serial killer story in one aspect, but then you can look at it like this. First off, I would find it bizarre if he labeled that. Okay, I'm going, we're going to put on our little, our little paranormal conspiracy hats. Did he actually label the SD card himself? And you're like, Jason, that's, <laughs> of course he did. Are you saying that a goblin, a, a murder goblin labeled it? Well, no, but I mean, I think it would be kind of dumb if I was a jewel thief, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't write on, I wouldn't take, one, I wouldn't videotape my crimes, and then two, but I guess you don't have a fetish for stealing jewels. Most people don't. I'm sure someone, some jewel thief's walking around all turned on the whole time. He's like, ooh, I can't wait to get home <laughs> and remember this event. But for the most part, it's like a financial crime. I guess a serial killer or a killer in general would videotape it to relive it. But still, why would you label it? Secondly, like the fact that it fell out of wherever he was holding it, his pocket, or maybe he's walking around with it in his hand, looking at it, being like, ooh, 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 once I get home, I'm going to watch you. Like, that is a miracle. Because here was a man who had already murdered two women. And proof of his crimes, showing his face murdering a woman. It wasn't just his face. His whole body murdered the woman. But his face in the video, that's a miracle. Because who knows how many other women he would have killed. So it's not just a story of a serial killer. It's a story, It's this total perfect storm of a serial killer losing proof of his crimes. Which, again, is something the little rascals would do. That's quite stupid. But he loses proof of his crime. It's not destroyed. It's not swept away. Some kid doesn't pick it up, erase it, and put an Xbox game on it. And yeah, I know that's not how Xbox games work. But the, my point is, is that the right person found it. At the right time. If my mom found an SD card, she wouldn't even know what it was. She wouldn't be able to take it home and put it into a computer and decipher it. Now, because it did say homicide at Midtown Marriott, she probably would call up me or my brother and have us do it. But you know what I mean? It was the right person. It fell in the right place that it didn't get destroyed. And it had just enough information to actually nail this jerk for being a serial killer. So divine intervention or just a series of fortunate incidents. Huh? Huh? Let's go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, our next story is part of our cavalcade of, of, <laughs> of depressing stuff. Although this one, you might be able to say, has a happy ending. If you like money. If you love humans, it doesn't have a happy ending. The year is 2012. We're leaving Anchorage, Alaska. Let's hop in the Carpenter Copter. I don't think we've used it this season yet. Hop in the Carpenter Copter. We're going to fly all the way down to Santa Fe Springs, California. And as we're flying there, I want to remind you guys, the Minecraft server is now open to the public. So if you want to join us playing Minecraft and unlocking the secret mystery of the giant black spaceship that is just floating over spawn, join us. The website, the login, whatever you call it, whatever you can call it, is in the show notes. So go ahead and put that into your Minecraft game, Gamermajig. And join us. It's a lot of fun. So after that pitch, after that, I'm not making any money off of it. It actually cost me money to run the server. Anyways, we land the helicopter. Everyone's like, dude, I don't even play Minecraft, dude. I just like listening about ghosts. Why are you always hawking your Minecraft server? Like, come on, man. It's fun. Let's play. Anyways, as we're walking, we're walking into a bumblebee tuna plant. So put on our worker uniforms, our hard hats. You're like, why do we need a hard hat to be around tuna? I'm like, you'll see. Unfortunately, you'll see, scam a little badge. Beep. Okay, we go in. And working there is a man named Jose Molina. Now, this is where they basically, like, do tuna stuff. I don't know how tuna works. Like, I know that it's a fish, and then you kill it, and then you eat it out of a can. But I didn't know, like, they cooked it, 
or how they prepare it. I just imagine they like were ripping fish up, throwing fish into a grinder, and then it, pfft, it was shooting out into a can. I've developed a taste for tuna. I didn't like it when I... Dude, Taste for Tuna, that's a cool name of a band. But I never really was into tuna as a kid. It has nothing to do with this story, by the way. You may not like tuna after this story. Jose Milena was, I think he was like 56 years old. He, he had adult kids and all that stuff. Their uh, chain breaks in one of the giant ovens. Talk about divine intervention. This one's almost the opposite. Jose goes in to fix the chain. Now, this oven is 36 foot by 50. Okay, now I think this might be a typo, honestly, because I have it written down as a 36 foot by 54 inch oven, which would be the world's biggest rectangle. I'm assuming it should be 36 feet by 54 feet. Doesn't matter. We're already halfway done. Either he's crawling through. How big is 54 inches? That's about four feet. So he'd have to like crawl through on his belly. It doesn't matter. The point is he's in an oven. He's in an oven trying to fix a chain. Now, his co-worker has another job. His co-worker's job is to hit a button and to dump tuna into the oven and to turn the oven on. So the co-worker's walking around the workspace and he goes, Hmm, where's Jose? Oh, I don't know. He's probably in the bathroom. Boop. And then at that point, 12,000 pounds of tuna <laughs> fall into the oven. And the coworker turns it on. Dude, turns up the heat. Psst. Now, I don't know at what point they realize that Jose's not in the bathroom. I don't know if they eventually go, hmm, that's weird. It's been 15 minutes. Jose's still not back. That's odd. Or it's been 20 minutes or 30 minutes. But at a certain point, They do realize he's missing. They do end up opening the oven, and Jose is dead. Now, I know you were hoping that it was some superhero origin story. I know you were hoping that it was a man who became Tuna Man, who had the ability to talk only to Tuna. But no, he died. Now, this is the horrifying part of this. You're like, Jason, the whole thing's horrifying. A guy trying to do his job, crosses into an oven. The Tuna, 12,000 pounds of Tuna, did not kill him. When they did the autopsy, the Tuna did not kill him. He was cooked to death. He survived, which I find odd that the tuna didn't kill him. But I guess if you drop like 12,000 pounds of uh, like wet, slimy, slidey stuff, it would just hit you and like slide down your head. Like it's not like a barbell, which hits your head. Path of least resistance, your head is the least resistance. If I threw 12,000 pounds of feather on you, wouldn't they just like tickle you? Sure, you would like suffocate, but... You would be able to, like, move them out of the way as they're falling on you. Blah! And now if the oven was only four feet tall, that might be kind of hard. Again, I think it was 56 feet tall. But anyways, the 12,000 pounds of tuna did not kill him. He got cooked to death. He ends, This is the happy ending. His family ended up suing the company, Bumblebee Com- Tuna Company, and they made, like, millions of dollars off of it. And I get it. You'd rather have your relative still alive. They made millions of dollars off it. The state got millions of dollars. They had to put in all these safety checks and everything like that. So a happy ending? Not really. But, you know, they did get held liable for it. So when you get cooked to death, it's horrible. This is a horrible thing. I'm not going to go too much into detail about it. But you boil, your stomach acid boils. I think that is, is horrible. I think the whole thing's horrible. And it's pretty slow. That's the big problem with it. I mean, not like I'm pro, not like I'm pro the other things of being cooked to death, but apparently it takes a while, your stomach acid boils, 
And the last thing to really get cooked is your brain. But yeah, so it's it's quite the journey. I mean, there's a lot of horrible ways to die. Being cooked underneath a bunch of tuna is probably not one of them. Like I said, dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> these, these stories are kind of depressing. But let's move on to one that's a little less depressing. Unless you find people being murdered with hammers. I'm sorry guys but at least this one starts off with a fictional death now i was watching a bunch of movies recently and i'll usually watch like when i get in a movie binge i'll watch like five or six in a day because i'll watch like 10 minutes and go sucks click sucks click i just get rid of them i started watching a movie called turbines and the tagline for the movie is green efficient deadly and it was kind of being billed as a thing where Wind turbines are killing people. Now, I imagined it like a sci-fi channel movie. Like, at night, the wind turbines were, like, jumping off, chopping people up. Or the government put some sort of beacon or something in the wind turbines that were making them kill people. That's how I imagined it. The truth of the matter is this. The, the, what the movie's about is a young family is brought out to, basically, the government says, we will pay you to move out to the middle of nowhere and help maintain this wind turbine farm. And they do. And then we start to see the effects of the wind turbines on these people living here, i.e. they become hammer-wielding murderers. And it's weird. So you're watching the movie, and it's like you can see the, the guys getting a little tense. And then there's a five-year time jump. And a group of young, like, teenagers, not teenagers, but, like, young college students, they're doing their grad work on wind turbine syndrome. We'll get into that in a second. So they're the slaughter. They're, like, the standard cabin in the woods type thing. They show up to investigate these. The guy takes a hammer, starts bashing their heads in. This guy is like John Wick with a hammer. He'll take on, like, four or five people at a time. He's, like, taking on, like, two or three cops at a time with his hammer. He's murdering everyone. And then I, he murders his wife. I don't know if he murders his son. I don't really remember. I wasn't really paying attention at that point. And then I guess it turns out there was two hammer-wielding murderers. It's like, what? And then the movie ends. This is not a Dead Rabbit Recommends, by the way. But the movie was beautifully shot. Like, it definitely had its strengths. But when you watch the trailer, it says, based on a true story. I'm like, what? So this is the quote-unquote true story. Apparently, there is a... I don't know how to put it. Some people say it's pseudoscience. Some people say it's a conspiracy theory. But windmills are actually... There's basically two levels of this. At first, people were saying that wind turbine windmills can cause cancer and can cause people to go in murderous rages and commit suicide and things like that. That's ridiculous. You're going to get those things in any community, whether or not there's a windmill. People were saying, no, no, we think there's more of them around windmills. But it's interesting because they've walked that back now. What happened was a bunch of medical studies came out, 25 medical studies, peer-reviewed medical studies, you'll hear that phrase often looking into this, saying that windmills cause nothing except green energy and wind. They don't cause the wind, but they, you know, do stuff with the wind. They don't do anything to your mental health. They don't cause cancer or anything like that. Then the anti-windmill people said, okay, 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 maybe that was ridiculous at first, but... It does cause you to, like, wake up. It causes insomnia, migraines, ear pressure, visual blurring. It's infrasound that's going into us. And at that point, the medical people go, listen, it may annoy certain people. Some people may be able to pick up on the noise, and it may annoy them. So cities and governments started saying you, they started saying you can't have windmills, these wind turbine windmills too close to houses. 
because people can hear the noise and there may be some sort of health effect as far as annoying people, making them want to leave. So it's a weird conspiracy theory because the anti-windmill people reached really far for the stars in the beginning. And that was easy to be shut down. They're like, no, there's it's no causing no cancer vectors. People aren't running around with hammers, bashing in people's heads. And then they kind of walked it back and said, yeah, it's just kind of annoying and it's hard to sleep. And the people go, well, that might be the case, but that's not enough to cause a disease. Wind turbine syndrome is something made up by the anti-windmill people. It's not a recognized disease. So a very, I had never heard of that um, syndrome before. I never heard of that before. It's an odd, very, very limited, geographically limited conspiracy theory. It's not like anti-vax or anything like that, which is like a global thing. This is limited. You would only care about this if you lived near a windmill. But that's not the point of this topic. The point of, of this topic is the movie itself. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go half Alex Jones right now. I'm gonna go half Alex Jones. I'm not gonna go full Alex Jones, but hear me out on this one. We have reached a stage in human development that is the perfect combination of access to filmmaking equipment and general human lunacy, to the point where somebody can sit down and make a movie based on a conspiracy theory set up a horror movie based on a conspiracy theory, and present it as based on a true story. Now, I know what you're thinking. You go, Jason, this isn't anything new. People make movies about aliens. People who believe in aliens make movies about aliens. But no, this is something new. Because yes, people who believe in things like ghosts make movies about ghosts, and then people who watch those movies may tend to believe that ghosts are real. People who believe in aliens make movies like Communion, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. E.T. People who watch those movies go, maybe aliens do exist. Maybe aliens are visiting us. This is different. This is the, those aren't weapons. Those are saying, these are beliefs that I have, and I'm making a movie. When you go to see a Christian movie like Fireproof or God's Not Dead, that movie is made for people who already believe in these things who already have a general working knowledge of Christianity, or aliens, or Bigfoot, or, or what have you. Movies like Turbine are a stealth weapon, because it's not marketed towards people who believe in wind turbine syndrome. That doesn't come up until halfway through the movie. It's not in the plot synopsis. Nowhere in the marketing for the movie that I saw would you think this movie is for people who already believe in this stuff. Obviously, if you're watching God's Not Dead, you watch the trailer for that, you go, oh, this is a Christian film. It's made to appeal to Christians. Now, obviously, someone who's not a Christian could watch that, and they could debate it, or they could go, oh, I believe in Jesus now. But the movie itself is not the weapon. We are getting to that level. Think about it this way. Think about it this way. If you went back 10 years before the whole anti-vax thing really, really took off, and you had a series of horror movies, or a series of sci-fi movies would probably be better for that. Imagine a movie on the level of The Matrix, as far as popularity goes, but one of the key things in it is the government controls you by putting a vaccine in your system. They show Neo go, and he's like fighting, fighting the vaccine. All this stuff about red pills and blue pills and being woke all come from terminology from 
the Matrix. And and you could argue some of it farther back, but from that, that's really what popularized it. If instead of taking the red pill or the blue pill, Morpheus goes, well, now we got to suck out that measles, mumps, and rebel, uh, whatever. MMR vaccine from your arm, Neo. That's how the government controls you. You would have, I honestly believe, you would have more people who are anti-vax. The makers of these movies who have an agenda to push forward are constantly fighting for your mind. Most, I would say 99% of movies really don't have an agenda at all. You could go, oh, predictive programming, Illuminati's putting eyeballs and everything, and Michael Bay has an American flag in every movie. I don't, Michael Bay doesn't have an American flag in every movie, but I dismiss the whole predictive programming thing like that. I think most movies are there to make money. They are there to continue the the corporation going on, continuing the consuming of their products. That's their main goal. They may, in a movie, throw in, hey, you know, we want to have, show how badass women are, so we're going to have a female, a lead female character who's stronger than the male characters. They could definitely do that. Or you could have, we want to make money so we can make God's Not Dead 4, but we still want to make this movie, it's going to have this message, but we still also have to make money doing it. So, you can have movies with messages, but I think most movies don't have a message outside of maybe the theme of the movie or something like that. But we have reached a level now, where, because this movie, Turbine, it wasn't a bad movie. I'm not knocking it at all. The acting was good, the cinematography looked great, super low budget film. Looked beautiful. Wasn't the best horror movie I've seen, but it, it there was skill in front of and behind the camera. And we're reaching a level where now anyone can get this technology and put their conspiracy theory out there. If anything, if really, if anything, the last year of doing the show has really taught me, it only takes about 10,000 people to get a conspiracy theory off the ground. It really does. It's not a lot of groundwork to do. Imagine yesterday I talked about my conspiracy theory involving plastic bottles and bottle caps and how recycling is a scam. Imagine if I had $5 million in a team of people to make a movie about that. And let's say the movie actually was good. I could rack up 10,000 people to believe that in a year, a year or two, if I really wanted to push that conspiracy theory. I guess it never really occurred to me before how easy it is to get your conspiracy theory out there in a stealthy way. If somebody put online windmill turbines cause cancer or cause people to kill each other with hammers, most people are going to dismiss that. The idiots will be like, oh, really? Yeah, I, I, my cousin got killed by a hammer and there was a fan going on in the background. So, you know, that might be that. But when you can wrap it in a piece of entertainment like that and put it out there and people watch it and then halfway through the movie, they mention the term windmill turbine syndrome and you're like, what? And then maybe you catch the trailer and it says based on a true story and you start researching it for yourself. It's so much more valid to the human mind that way. I, I don't know why it is, but it is. That happened to me with the Mithras conspiracy. The movie's called The Conspiracy. Highly recommended. It's a fake documentary, a mockumentary. I don't want to call it mockumentary because it's not, that sounds funny, but it's a documentary about a conspiracy involving the secret society. Now, it has enough truth in it that when I went to research it, I found all this stuff about this thing called the Mithras Society, and I was completely enthralled. Stuff that I would have completely dismissed out of hand if I hadn't seen that documentary first. Knowing that documentary was fake, knowing what it was about, it still made me more interested in conspiracy theory that I would have completely just not been into. 
This is the weaponization of entertainment and conspiracy theory combined into one. Now, mainstream media has been doing this for a long time. They want to get an idea out there. They wrap it in entertainment. And I'm not dismissing that. They actually do that. They want to push a message. They can make it entertaining. But now anyone can do that. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous to everyone involved. I believe we're on the verge, not of a civil war where the nation splits in half and we go to war, but a civil war of the mind. We are, we are becoming so fractured as a global society where people are believing their own conspiracy theories now. And I don't see a way back from this. I think it's going to get worse. I think we're going to get to a point where most movies have hidden conspiratorial messages, but they're not the big Illuminati messages that people like to pretend this all-seeing group is pushing on the media. It's going to be the bizarre beliefs of different directors and different writers put in these movies to the point that other people working on the movie may not even know that they're there. We've moved past conspiracy theory. The world is now in a phase of conspiracy belief. The world is now not a global society, but 7 billion people, all with their own set of facts. And it's absolutely frightening. But the, the, the hardest thing to admit is that I would do the same thing. Because if I had the money to make a movie, I'm doing it with this podcast. How many times have I put out conspiracy theories that I'll say, I don't have anything, I don't have any proof to back this up, but this is what I believe. And I'm spitting that out to 1,800, 2,000 people a day. It doesn't take many people to start to upset the public discourse. 10,000 people tops. And you can start a thought revolution. There weren't many flat earthers eight years ago. It was a minority of people. And now you got hundreds of thousands of flat earthers within eight years. What bizarre conspiracy theories are floating around out there that are just on the cusp of breaking into the mainstream? Are we one blockbuster movie away from more people questioning whether monkeys exist? Or that mountains are actually dead trees. Who knows? But I think we're going to find out very, very soon. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day. But I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.